Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Passionate DJ Podcast. As always, I'm your host, David Michael. This is one of those solo shows that we do occasionally, like the old days, so... Mo Dingo, Trip Turlington, and Tony DeSero will not be behind the microphone today. They're all out doing other things, and so today we're going to be talking about how to know if DJing is for you. Now, speaking of Mo Dingo, I went and hung out with him this past Friday night at one of his CrossFit gigs that we always talk about, where he has these competitions of people working out and uh, doing these different you know, super intense physical activities, and he provides the musical backdrop for them. It was cool for me to be able to kind of hang out in the background and check things out and see what it is that he does. It's kind of a unique type of mobile gig, so it was cool to get some insight on that. We did some live streaming on Facebook Live. For those of you who aren't following us, get to facebook.com forward slash passionate DJ. You know, we've been experimenting a little bit with this live streaming thing. It's kind of the hot thing right now, and so we're trying to find different things to stream and interact with you guys, and so we... You know, recorded a little bit of the working out. We walked around. We talked behind the camera about, you know, why Mo was making the decisions he was making and why he was playing certain songs and how he had to sort of segment his set and, and regiment it in a certain way so that it would work with what the people were doing, the types of activities and workouts that they were doing, and how he had to keep an eye on the clock so that he could be very specific about when he'd start and stop tracks. It reminded me a lot of playing fashion shows because it was so event-driven. It was You have this 5 or 10 minute small block of time and then you need to do something and then you need to stop and then you make an announcement and then you start another. And it was cool to see Mo and his element and behind the microphone and doing his thing. And so I'm going to be talking to him a little bit about that when we bring him back on the microphone here shortly. Today I want to talk about how to know if DJing is for you. So a lot of people discover Passionate DJ through my guides that I've written on PassionateDJ.com. And a lot of those have to do with being a new DJ or considering becoming a DJ. And so this is something that I kind of wanted to address now. You know, how do, how does one know if they're actually, if DJing is, is appropriate for them or will be a good fit for them? You know, there's a certain set of personality types and a certain set of traits that can really help you along in advancing yourself as a DJ and and having a certain amount of connection with your audience. And so I've written down several questions that, you know, somebody who's considering becoming a DJ can ask themselves to see, you know, somebody who's maybe on the fence on, is this something I want to do or isn't it? You know, not everybody jumps head first into stuff like this. And so here's some questions that you can ask to see if maybe this is a good fit. So the first is, are you a creative person? Now, the reason I say that is because, you know, a big complaint that, or a um, sort of, uh, I don't know what you would call it, a joke that people toss around about DJing is that it's, it's basically the same thing that an iPod could do. Well, that's what you end up with if you're a non-creative DJ. You're basically just fulfilling the place of an iPod or a playlist or something like that, iTunes. 
And so if you if you have this kind of need to creatively express yourself like I do, so if you, for example, uh, if you're an artist or a photographer or if you like to draw or paint or any of that kind of stuff, if you if you have that kind of creative tendency, this can be a really great thing for you to jump into because you can find unique ways to present music which already exists to an audience and you can use that creative ability to both introduce new sounds to new people or to creatively express yourself through that music that already exists and so I think of it kind of as a as a collage artist you know somebody who takes existing photographs and turns it into some other work of art using things that exist already now, obviously, there are a lot of types of DJing, and not every type of DJing is as creative as another, um, just because it, that's just in, inherent to the type of DJing. So, for example, if you're working at the type of bar or venue that requires you to play well-known, established, popular music, and especially current popular music then you only have so much creative wiggle room when it comes to coming up with your track listing and, and that sort of stuff. You can still get creative with the mixing and and that sort of thing and how you interact with people and how you promote yourself, but you don't necessarily have the widest choice of music to pull from when you kind of have that requirement. Same with people who are wedding DJs. They have a certain set of requirements, usually, uh, from the bride and groom that kind of direct the DJ in the way they want to go and and some you know some bridal parties or excuse me some bride and grooms will actually put together the entire playlist for the DJ um, I don't think that's super common because that kind of defeats the purpose so, you know I think a lot of people just want to hire that out and that's why they get you know they pay pretty well for wedding DJs but within the constraints of the music they want played at their wedding, you can be creative, but you don't want to necessarily throw in whatever you want. You know, if the bride and groom want a country wedding, you're probably not going to be playing techno music in the background all day, right? So that being said, there's still room for creativity in those gigs. And if you're the type of person who's more of a performing DJ, whether that's you like to cut and scratch and and create things kind of on the fly like that and using your turntables and controllers as instruments. Or if you're the performing type of club DJ who is, uh, you know, weaving together music in a way that takes people on a journey and that sort of thing. There's kind of the floodgates are a little more open for that, that room for creativity. So either way, creativity is going to help because you can come up with ways to make the music that you want to present to your audience interesting to them now one kind of caveat i want to throw in there is i say creative and i think people will take that and run with it and say oh i can't just play a song i need to do something to it or i need to make it more exciting or i need to add more things to it um if trip were here i'd be teasing him about the flanger button (laughs) you know it's it's not necessarily that you have to add things to make things different every time to put your spin on it okay but having that creative mindset is just another set of tools that you will have. It's a trait that you have that you can use to make things more interesting overall in the long run. Now, another question that you could ask yourself is, 
are you willing to be in the public spotlight? You know, these days the DJ is kind of a spectacle. We stand up on a stage sometimes, you know, elevated above people or surrounded by a crowd with lights pointed at us, screens behind us. If we're working a wedding or a corporate gig, we've got a microphone in our hands. It's, it's kind of like standing there saying, look at me, look at me, and not everybody's comfortable with that. And I know that that's something that a lot of DJs struggle with, and that's something that my co-host Tony has talked about on occasion, to where it's really easy to get up there and just zoom in and zone in on your mixer and not look up and interact, interact with people, because having all those eyeballs on you can be uncomfortable and kind of take you out of the moment. Having that willingness to be in the public spotlight, if you're already there, if you do public speaking, if you do things like that, uh, this is going to be cake for you. For me personally, this is something that happens to me occasionally, but I'm generally pretty good with being on the stage as long as I'm at a gig where I know I belong, if that makes sense. So if I'm playing a show and I'm not really sure that my sound jives with that crowd or that venue, then I get a little nervous because that's when you know, I'm worried that people aren't going to be feeling what I'm putting down. So a lot of this comes down to making sure that you are pairing yourself with gigs that make sense and things that you will be able to provide value to so that you can kind of take those nerves away a little bit. Being in the public spotlight is not easy for everybody. And it's something that, you know, for me personally, like I said, I, I generally don't mind, but it depends on the gig. And we've been talking about, you know, uh, my co-host Tony, his company Three Dimensional, is getting ready to throw a big show here in our hometown with Sasha, you know, world-renowned DJ. This is a big deal show. And their company has asked me to be direct support for Sasha for this show, which means I'm playing immediately before him. That's a big deal gig for me. That's not something I do every other weekend. So it's something I'm taking very seriously, and I feel a little bit more nervous about having the spotlight on me than I normally would. Now, it's super exciting, and it's it's kind of a good kind of butterflies, but it's still one of those things that I need to mentally prepare myself for. If you're the kind of person that shuts down in a scenario like that, then either maybe DJing isn't right for you, or you just need to find the type of gigs that work for you. Because not every type of DJing is going to have that intense amount of attention put on you at any one time. When I play things like street fairs or, you know, uh, there's a consignment shop that I occasionally play, you know, little things at just for the patrons that are coming in and out. You know, stuff like that where you're just dealing with three or five people at a time maximum, you know, is no big deal. And that might be easier on some people. So it's just finding those gigs that will really work for you and keep you from feeling a little too in the spotlight. Another question to ask yourself is, are you thick-skinned? Now, the reason I say that is because not only will people be having their eyeballs on you and looking at you sometimes when you're DJing, and that can be intimidating, but the other thing is you have to be willing to accept criticism anytime you're putting a product out in front of people, especially in any kind of performance art or something that you are posting online, which if you're a DJ, you're probably doing one or the other unless you're just playing tunes in your bedroom, right? So being thick-skinned is really helpful, and this is something that I personally struggle with 
quite a bit. It's something that I've had to learn and something that Passionate DJ is helping me with because this is a larger audience than I've ever had just for myself as a DJ. And so there have been times where I've written a blog post or come at said something on a podcast and somebody didn't like it and they made it known. Uh, we've all read YouTube comments, right? We know how this goes. We've all been on Reddit. And we've all been. We've all seen Tumblr. We all know how this stuff goes. Okay, so having that thick skin and knowing that you're potentially going to be criticized is something that you need to be willing to accept if you're going to be putting a product in front of somebody or performing live. Are you disciplined? Are you a self-starter? You know, if you want to have a DJ career. It takes initiative, it takes regular attention, it takes motivation. You know, you've really got to, it's kind of like being self-employed, right? Sometimes it is being self-employed, but you can't just, or, or even uh, homeschooled. If you're homeschooled, you can't necessarily just, you, you might not have a teacher breathing down your neck for every assignment, get this done, get this done. You might have a more lax setup than that. If you work from home or you have a home business, you don't have a boss telling you this is due by this date and blah, blah, blah. Or you have to go take this um, some kind of continuing education program so that you stay on top of the newest happenings and blah, blah, blah. The, you know, This is something that you have to make yourself get better at and take the initiative to make sure that you are contacting people, locking down those gigs, networking, going to the types of shows that you want to support, if that's your scene that you're into, you know, getting yourself involved in the wedding scene, all whatever it is that whatever type of gigs you're trying to do, they aren't just going to fall in your lap. Now, they will get easier over time as you become more established, as you grow a fan base or a customer base that stuff will be easier just like you know any pursuit just like if you're a realtor or or whatever you know as you build your little net personal network and then your extended network it's it helps take care of some of that for you but it's never going to just run on autopilot entirely you have to keep on making yourself do things in order to get anywhere and what often happens with DJs especially uh, the performing club type of DJs who kind of get starry-eyed and really want to jump to the top right away without putting the work in. They get to the point where they can put together a decent mix. You know, they're a halfway competent DJ. And then their career just kind of gets to a certain point where it plateaus, right? And then they don't know what to do from there, and they stop learning, they stop advancing, they stop being creative, right? And then they just become complacent and then they start complaining and wondering why they're not getting anywhere okay so this is a constant pursuit kind of thing this is not something that can be passive you got to stay on top of it another question you can ask do you have the time now it's really really easy to say that you don't have time for something so it's one of those things that if you really, really care about this or you're really interested in doing it or you've got something inside of you that you need to get out and share with the world, then you will figure out how to make the time. But, you know, there's a lot of us that have a lot of responsibilities. You know, personally, I'm a parent. I have passionate DJ to run. I've got a home business. 
I've got a family. You know, I've got all these things that I have to deal with every day that take up my attention and my time. And it's something that I've had to become very disciplined about, uh, going back to our last point, because, you know, we're in charge of our own time to some extent, right? Some things, sometimes things just happen to us and we need to be reactive. But, you know, if you're just at a point where the nice thing about DJing is that you don't have to make it a full-time job. You can pursue this at whatever level you're comfortable with and whatever you do have the time for. Just so that you're aware that if you want to advance, whether that's as a performing DJ or as a local DJ and you want to play more gig performing gigs, or if you want to get more wedding customers or corporate customers and that sort of thing, like I said, they're not going to fall in your lap. And if you don't have the time to pursue them, then you're going to struggle getting gigs, which is sort of a self-correcting problem. But, um, you know, some people are just perfectly content to, they, you know, they just want to learn how to do this so they can put together mixes for personal listening or to occasionally throw a mix online. And that's perfectly fine. Then this will, you know, you'll be able to wedge DJing in wherever it fits. Uh, just know that the amount of work that you put into promoting yourself and to scoring those gigs is going to be uh, reflected based on the amount of time you spend trying to do so. Now, do you have the energy to DJ, both physically and creatively? This kind of goes to the the discipline thing, having initiative and being able to just constantly pursue DJing and pursue music and also just the physical aspect of it of standing uh, sometimes three or four hours depending on you know what kind of gigs you do uh, you know Mo Dingo who does uh, does the CrossFit gigs he had a nine hour gig the other day and so you know and this is at a fitness event ironically where they're really health conscious and stuff so I'm sure it was on his mind of how to keep himself keep himself healthy and all that kind of stuff you know, it's one of those things that people, a lot of DJing is associated with the party scene, okay? Partying, clubbing, raving, whatever, which means that it's easy for DJs in those environments to get caught up in the drinking, the drugs, the whatever it is, staying up late, not sleeping, especially, you know, resident DJs who might work four or five nights a week and they just, you know, drink all night. People give them drinks, do want to do shots with them, want to take selfies, do the whole thing. That grind can really wear on people. Um, traveling DJs, you know, jet lag is serious business, and people get worn out. That's why rider requirements are so strict for traveling DJs, because they don't want to have to fool with anything when they get to their destination, because they'll spend their whole lives grinding away at these details and you know, going from airport to airport and hotel to hotel, hotel to hotel, and it will just wear a person down. So if you have that kind of energy and you're interested enough in this to expend that kind of energy on being a DJ, um, that's certainly something you have in your corner. Now, another question is, can you keep your ego in check? This is a big one with DJs. You know, a, a lot of DJs really get a big head about this whole thing. And that they forget that we're just we're just playing other people's music, right? I mean, a lot of us are doing a lot more than that, and I don't want to downplay, you know, the performing DJ who's doing really, really creative things. There are some really fantastic DJs, but when it comes down to it, there's no reason for us to be snobby about this, right? Having a big ego 
can really rub people the wrong way. And especially if you're talking about a local scene, music scene type of situation, nobody wants to work with that person. Okay, I specifically will not work with people who can't take their head out of where the sun don't shine because I just don't have time for that. Now, some people are willing to put up with more than I am, and some people are willing to put up with less. You're going to have to find that balance for yourself. But when it comes to yourself, staying humble, you know, having a sense of humility is really going to get you a long way. I think ego is helpful to an extent. I think that we should be proud of our work. I think that we should be confident in what we have to offer people. And I think that that confidence should exude out of us so that it can be seen and so that people will want to have us play for them or with them or at their venue. But the ego, when it gets so inflated and you become a diva, this is a huge problem and that's so self-defeating. And it's just, I've seen so many DJs rise up, gain some popularity, and then crash because of this one problem. Please, please, please keep your ego in check. Now, another question is, how social are you? You know, it's difficult to be a DJ if you're super, super introverted. Now, that's not to say you can't do it. I know many DJs who are very introverted, and they've found their rhythm and how they deal with that. So please don't think that you can't do it. You you know, only the super social butterfly can become a DJ because that's not true. But it's definitely helpful. And it's something that you will have to work on if you want to be a DJ, if you want to pursue gigs, if you need to talk to venue owners, if you need to talk to the bride and groom or the bride's mother and blah, blah, blah. If you need to, you know, square away that corporate gig with that person in a suit that's hiring you. If you just need to interact with people who you're trying to, you know, build a fan base. It's hard to build a fan base with people if you don't interact with them and they don't feel like you're engaged with them, right? So having that that social aspect and being able to being willing to go out and pursue these things and make friends and shake hands with the people who are are helping you pursue your dream, you know, that that social aspect can be really helpful. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about playing out of town gigs and stuff like that and people who people who are having trouble scoring gigs locally in their own market but don't come out to support shows. And I hate using the word support because I feel like that sounds like you're donating your own time, right? Where if a promoter's doing their job, um, they shouldn't need support. They should be coming out because they're doing their job right and they're making an awesome show, right? But we know how these local scene things get especially in a town like mine, Dayton, which is not huge. You know, we only have a few hundred fans to go around at any time. And so, you know, there are times where those of us who are core, hardcore supporters of the scene and really trying to make things happen will go for the purpose of support. But in general, having the event just be awesome enough that people want to attend is the goal. But having that social interaction, being able to go out, and shake hands is just, it's crucial, and it's not easy for everybody to do. Also, you know, a social media presence, you can't get away with not having one these days, especially when you're a DJ, and knowing how to handle yourself online, and not act a fool, and not talk crap about venue owners when things don't go well, not to butt heads with other DJs publicly, all this stuff is going to, you know, this all relates to how you socially interact with people and how you're able to, A, keep yourself in check, and B, 
force yourself to get out there and be engaged with the people that you want to interact with. Are you persistent? In other words, can you work hard even when it sucks? That's the killer. You know, we talked about taking initiative and paying regular attention to your DJ career, but it's not it's not just that. It's not just initiative and being motivated. You have to be able to grind. You have to be able to work even when it's boring. You have to work even when it's uncomfortable. You have to be willing to do all those things involved with being a DJ that aren't the fun playing music in front of a thousand people part. And I think that's something that people don't realize when they sign up to become a DJ is they think that they're just going to learn how to do it and then they're going to show up places, play music, everybody's going to throw their hands in the air, the girls are going to throw their panties on the floor, everybody's going to be happy, and boom, you've got yourself a career and that's it. There are parts of this that suck. Carrying gear around sucks. Showing up and not, you know, having a, uh, a promoter who didn't do their job or didn't provide the equipment that they're going to provide sucks. Um, dealing with people who don't know what it is that they want, which is most people, especially if you're dealing with mobile gigs and things like that. You know, anytime that I've set up a mobile gig with somebody, it's always this back and forth, and I always have to coax information out of them almost like an interview with that person. And I do that because I've been screwed so many times by showing up with a preconceived notion about a gig and then it not being what I thought it was going to be. There was a time where I was playing a, it was an after party for a nightclub gig. So it was super, super late, like four in the morning type show. And I show up at the venue and everybody was on drugs and none of the sound was hooked up and nobody could help me. And, And I don't even care about any of that except for I was booked, I was told to show up at a time, I showed up there, and then everybody was just too out of their mind to even help me, you know, and that was an out-of-town gig that I drove an hour for. So, you know, those kind of things suck, and that's enough to make some people quit. Um, Now, what you will do is you'll learn over time how to make less and less of those things happen, and that's why I ask so many questions when I start a gig, um, or when I'm accepting a gig. But yeah, even, even when it's boring, even when you're like, when you have to do things like file your taxes, you know, if you're making enough money from DJing to where it's a main source of income and you need to report to your taxes, that sucks. That's like, it's a self-employment thing. Not everybody wants to go through all that. So being able to be persistent and work through those things, do you have that stick to you know, that stickability. Are you a, another way that you could word this is, are you a patient person? Because DJ careers are, are a slow burn. This overnight success thing is almost non-existent. And this is something that we've preached about over and over again on the show. You know, does it happen once in a while, but rarely? You know, there, when there's an overnight success, most people don't see the five or ten years of work that went into it behind the scenes when nobody was looking. But that slow burn, that constant grind, that willingness to work and work and work and be patient and wait for it and also know when to give things up. You know, if a certain path is not working, you know, you don't necessarily stick down that path forever and just keep not working, right? But... 
just that patience and that persistence is crucial if you want to be more than an overnight flash in the pan type of DJ. Another thing to ask is, are you willing to learn? Are you open-minded? This speaks to the last point a little bit. Willingness to learn new techniques, willingness to learn how to promote yourself, and how to promote yourself in an environment where we find ourselves now where everybody wants attention. Everybody's fighting for that piece of social media pie. Like, look at me, look at me, look at my mix, look at my show, look at this thing I'm doing. Check out my website, click like, heart, subscribe. You know, everybody wants that attention. Everybody's screaming for it, and we're all used to it, and we all are used to seeing it. We don't even consider it spam anymore, but it's just, it's noise, right? It's, it's always there. It's stuff flying past our feed. We need to figure out how to operate in that environment rather than just saying it's, it's too overloaded, right? Uh, willingness to learn how to make yourself stand out and how to make your sets interesting and how to make your music that you're playing to people be well-received in an environment where there's 100 DJs around the corner ready to take your spot and that can all play a halfway decent set. What's so special about me? What makes me stand out? What am I going to do about that? You know, there's there's a hundred people just like me in my town. How do I stand out? Why will they come and see me? Is it because I took the time to interact with them? Is it because I've, you know, told my story to them and they've related in some way? Is it because I shook their hand at some gig that I was at? Is it because I'm playing music that they've never heard before mixed with stuff that's familiar to them? Is it because I'm playing things that they enjoy but they've never heard in that context? Do they not even know why why they're attracted to your sound? I mean, it's finding that that special bit or two about you as a creative person, as an artist that can set yours off, not gimmicks, that's not what I'm talking about. I don't mean put on a mouse head or a, or a robot helmet and suddenly you've got it nailed, okay? But being willing to learn and learn new creative methods in order to stand out and to be patient and persistent about it in order to constantly find what works. It's like macro crowd reading, right? You're just constantly trying new methods, new ideologies, new sounds, new techniques in order to make yourself interesting to that couple of people that are going to stick with you and follow you around because they like what you're doing. And over time, that amount of people gets larger and larger. One more question. Do you take yourself too seriously? That might be an interesting question coming from me because I'm sitting here behind a microphone talking to an audience of DJs about DJing on a, on a show called the Passionate DJ Podcast. Okay, so it could be argued that maybe I take this too seriously. <laughs> okay, but I assure you I don't. I mean, I take it very seriously in the sense that it's very important to me. DJing means a lot to me and, and production and the scene, as it were, it's very important to me. It means something to me. If it were gone, I would feel that loss. Okay, so don't get me wrong. At the same time, 
I also realize that we're all just listening to music. We're all just dancing. We're all partying. This should be fun. This should not be something that I get into fights with people about. This should not be something that, you know, I'm butting heads with people and making myself miserable. This should not be something that I'm fighting and scraping to get a dollar for or else I'm going to quit. You know, this is something that I enjoy. And if you take it too seriously, you'll stop enjoying it, just like anything. Take a step back and realize that sometimes shit happens, right? If you're already a DJ and you've had a bad gig, it's okay. It's going to happen. You're going to deal with some crappy people. You know, back in 2010, I had $3,500 worth of equipment stolen from me, including my MacBook, right? That was something that was really... I took a hit on that one and could have easily walked away because I felt very betrayed by my own scene. But it's one of those things that I took a lesson from it and I moved on, you know? Um, it was not something that I I made into this monster of why the scene is terrible or whatever. I just, I'm not a big drama person. And when you're dealing with nightclubs or weddings or corporate life or basically anywhere where there's going to be music and alcohol, you're building a drama factory and you have to be really careful not to set that off. And not taking things too seriously is a good way to just keep things kind of baseline, keep things kind of chill. It's also easy to get lost in your own head with this stuff if you take it if you take yourself too seriously as an artist there was a period of time where i was pursuing music that i thought sounded more intelligent to me but it came at the expense of being interesting or fun to listen to so there's a balance to be had there not everything has to be cheap cheesy garbage throwaway music but not everything has to be something that you that you would write a dissertation about. Right? This is supposed to be about partying and smiling and dancing and having this sort of synergy between DJ and audience and just having a good time. And taking yourself too seriously is really just a great way to squash the fun out of it and to make your DJ career very short. All right, another question is, can you leave your comfort zone? Now, if you go back to episode 57, we did an episode about this specifically, um, about putting your DJing on autopilot. When a DJ gets to a certain point, and it usually doesn't take very long, once they learn the basic skills, they get used to the idea of being on a stage in front of people, and they know how to put two tracks together without wrecking them. A lot of people stop at that point. They get real comfortable with that 32 beats, you know, overlaid mix, intro to outro, A to B, bam, bam, go to the next track, bam, bam, and seeing people, you know, dance and have a good time, and they just, they stop there. Are you able to leave that comfort zone? Are you able to do more interesting things with that, or are you just going to get stuck there? If you leave your comfort zone, you add tools to your arsenal. You add uh, you add things to your skill set so that you can pursue more types of gigs. You can handle more types of situations. You know how to um, pivot a crowd 
when they're not when they're not feeling you know the sound that you're putting down and how to do that in a way that's not jarring you know if you leave your comfort zone you will get more gigs and you will get better gigs because you've taken the time to pursue something that's out of the norm right like maybe you went to a different type of venue or you decided to play a sunday brunch somewhere instead of a friday night at a nightclub you know those are ways that you can make yourself a more versatile dj and more interesting dj give yourself more gigs you'll be more likely to get paid for some of those gigs and you'll have a lot better time in the long run because you will have a much wider breadth of types of shows that you'll be able to play. So go back to episode 57 and ask yourself if you can leave your comfort zone. All right, and then the final question that you should ask yourself, how to know if DJing is for you, is do you have passion? Now, obviously, being the Passionate DJ Podcast, this is where we have to end because passion while is not necessarily a requirement of DJing or really anything that somebody wants to do, passion can help you power through anything else on this list, right? So maybe you're not particularly creative. Maybe you don't feel like you're a creative person. You've never pursued art or music in any way. Maybe you're not super stoked about being in the public spotlight and having people look at you and being on display all the time. Maybe you don't take criticism well, or maybe you have trouble getting started in the morning, being disciplined and having a regiment and saying, this is what I need to do in order to advance my career. Uh, maybe you you have a crazy schedule. You don't have a lot of energy. Um, you know, you have social issues. You, all these things that we've talked about, if, if you have passion powering behind you as you pursue this, you'd be amazed how much you can get done and how much of this you can blow through because that passion will just keep you fueled because you just love doing it so much. And if you just have this inside of you to where you need to creatively express yourself, you have music that you need to share with an audience, you feel like you have something to offer them and you think they'll be receptive to it and you realize that all that stuff won't happen right away passion will get you through because you will get to that point where you will mess up and then you'll keep going and then you'll drop the ball and then you'll keep going and then somebody won't like something and then you'll keep going because you just can't not do it this has been the passionate dj podcast we will be talking next week about how to avoid becoming a jaded dj how to avoid djing burnout Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will catch you next week. Take care. Keep on spinning. Have fun. Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionatedj or on Twitter at DJ with Passion. And always remember to keep on spinning.